morning. So would you welcome with me Pastor Jonathan as he comes up to give the word this morning? <laughs> Bless by you, bro. Good morning, church. Uh, just want to thank the shepherds of the house, Pastor Mark, and of course, honoring Pastor Rick for their fellowship and brotherhood. It's a privilege to be able to share this space for the honor and glory of God and for gospel work to go forth on these islands, yeah? So thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, a warm welcome. It feels so familiar to be here. So familiar. It's, you make it really feel like home, like I've been here before. I was li literally up here 24 hours ago, right here, right? But this is awesome. This is awesome. I'm so glad to be here. It's, uh, the word that comes to mind is delight. And uh, I know that that's one of the key words that we've been uh, resonating with as it relates to Sabbath and what Sabbath may mean for us. I know that... Uh, Four of the key words that Pastor Mark shared with me have been uh, to stop, rest, delight, and worship. Is that right? Is that right? And, and the one that has struck me for this day and the one I discussed with Pastor Mark was this word of delight. What does it mean to delight in something? What does it mean to maybe a synonym is to find joy, to find full satisfaction in, to take great pleasure in something, to delight? And, and I know that during this season, probably especially, we can think of things that we delight in. Did anybody delight in some uh, sweets in the last few days, right? Did we delight in a little more than we usually delight in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a little more of us today that delights than there was a week ago? I, I, know, that, I know that's true for me. I went, to, I went to Michigan, actually, for a week to go uh, do some preaching at a university. And I came back, and there was less of me than when I left. My wife was like, oh, you lost some weight. I said, don't you worry. Thanksgiving is coming back. Delighted in some food, delighted in the um, fellowship of people that we're grateful and thankful for, right? Think about that, delight. There's a, there's a little something I delight in here in Kailua. I go to Whole Foods way too often. And there's a, there's a tres leches cake. Does anybody know the tres leches cake at Whole Foods? Yeah? Y'all know that problem? Yes? Y'all right? And um, it's compared to, you know, mainland prices, of course, it's rather expensive, right? But I go there at least, I used to go twice a week. Right? <laughs> but now I try to go once a week. And, and I get myself my little tres leches cake, yeah? Ooh, I bring it home, and I delight in my tres leches cake. Ooh, I love it. Love it. Here's the thing about the tres leches cake that I delight in. My wife does not partake in the delight of my tres leches cake. Do you know why my wife does not delight? One, she's not the biggest fan. But if we're honest, it's because I want to delight in it. You get what I'm saying? It's a... It's an expensive little cake, and it's a scarce resource. And because it's a scarce resource, I delight in that piece of cake precisely because my mind is set to some degree on the scarcity of it. But what happens when my mind is set on the scarcity of it is that there is little room for me to extend my delight to my wife. 
And so when I position something in quote-unquote delight, but frame it around scarcity, all of a sudden that which is delighting to me can be an instrument of exclusivity that doesn't include another. Y'all tracking with me? If I position that which I take delight in as something that is scarce and limited and short and fleeting, all of a sudden that delight becomes very inward and that delight that's actually meant for others to partake in is no delight at all for them because my mindset is one of scarcity, one, one of limited resources so that then the very instrument that's meant to be that which I and others delight in becomes a self-serving element that could we really call delight? Are y'all tracking with me? I mean, y'all know this phenomenon, yeah? I grew up with a basketball court near uh, the apartment complex I lived uh, close to, and it was always who had a basketball, right? Where, who could, you know, a bunch of kids would show up to play ball, but nobody had a good basketball. And you would show up, and that kid shows up with the basketball, and delight breaks out. Yeah, hey, we can play ball, right? And the moment you made that kid mad, what would he do? I'm taking my ball, I'm going home, right? <laughs> Scarce resource, what would happen all of a sudden? All that delight was gone. This is the, uh, this is the thing about Sabbath, y'all. Uh, as a Seventh-day Adventist, um, we're committed to the Sabbath really heavily. But if I could admit to you, and, and it's in the name, right? It's in the name. As Seventh-day Adventists, we hold two things really, really big time. One of them is Sabbath rest, right? And the other one is Advent, that Jesus is coming back, right? But can I make a, uh, what is it, a confession as a Seventh-day Adventist minister? Is that too often uh, my people, right? And I'll talk about the people I caucus with, right? Because you're all my people. We're all God's people, yeah? Amen? My people have not found the delight in the Sabbath, because at times we have not seen the delight from a posture of abundance, and we've seen it from a place of scarcity. And so, in seeing it from a place of scarcity, that which was meant to be a delight to us and to others becomes an instrumental feature of our exclusivity because we haven't related to it via the abundance that is ours. Are y'all tracking with me? I got a buddy of mine. His dad has crazy money. Y'all know how much crazy money? We're talking B money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Billion. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I know a dude who's got this sort of money. Well, his dad's got this sort of money. I won't mention names for the sake of privacy of the family. But this brother here, when you got that sort of money, it's, it's, a, it's, it's another thing. We, uh, we found ourselves in need of transportation. There's a ministry I run with called Love Reality, and, and we do gospel presentations all over the country. And we found ourselves in need of transportation, right? Couldn't get the transportation that we needed. This brother, he's like, oh, let me ask, let me ask my dad, see if I can help y'all out. Now, 
we're thinking to ourselves that because of their resources, they might be able to help us out with some money so we can get some flights to get the whole team where we're going. Oh, no, 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 no. Contrary, mon frere. This brother says to us, y'all can use the family minivan. The family minivan is a G5 private jet. I got two minivans, but they straight up, you know what I'm saying? They pay minivans. <laughs> Do you know that this brother offers us a jet for our ministry to travel from one part of the country to another? Do you know how much it costs to fuel a private jet to go across the country? This brother freely offers his jet, his family jet. We get on the jet. They pay for the fuel back and forth. We're talking about $30,000, $40,000, right? And do you know what I found in the face of this brother when he was able to offer this to us? Delight. Do you know why? Because he was positioned in abundance, and from the fullness of what he had, he was pleased to give. This is at the heart of the Sabbath. The heart of the Sabbath is an entering into the delight of the Lord, and receiving from the fullness thereof. The Sabbath is not merely about ceasing labor for a day. No, 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 no. We misunderstand it when we make it just functional about this day versus that day. No, the Sabbath is about resting and finding satisfaction in the abundance that God himself has provided through the person of Jesus. And to actually live in that space of rest and satisfaction is to delight in the Lord. And to rest in the Lord. I want to share a parable, if it's all right. I'm not, it's, it's not my parable. I read it in the book. So you guys should all know it. But I want to try to position Sabbath delight through the lens of the gospel, if that's all right. You know, I've been an Adventist for a long time. Pastor Rick, a long time. Pastor Mark, long Matter of fact, can I share something with y'all? Don't tell nobody. But uh, my name is Jonathan Sabdiasep Leonardo. Okay, I'm Dominican from, from birth, so I'm from the Dominican Republic. And um, my father, who was formerly an Adventist pastor, he decided to name my middle name Sabdiasep. Sabdiasep is S-A-B for Sabado in Spanish, which is Sabbath. D-I-A for Dia which is day, and SCP for septimo, which is seventh. So my middle name is literally Sabbath, seventh day. All right? So Jonathan, Sabbath, seventh day, Leonardo. So I, I can't get away from this Sabbath thing, right? As much as I've tried. Let me tell you, I've tried. But the Sabbath didn't make sense to me until I was actually grounded in the abundance that the gospel provides. And so I want to frame, if we can, Sabbath rest and Sabbath delight through the gospel for the next few minutes. Is that okay? I want to turn your attention to the book of Matthew. If you'll turn there with me, if you are old school, you're turning. And if you're new school, you're turning on or it's already on and you're just scrolling there. But go to the book of Matthew and we're going to be in verse eight, uh, chapter 18 to begin. And in Matthew 18 is a very famous parable. And this parable, uh, the background of it begins in verse 21, Matthew 18, verse 21. Now, a lot of you know this parable. It's the parable of the unforgiving servant. 
And the parable begins with Peter coming up to Jesus and saying, Lord, this is verse 21, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? Now, you got to think Peter is being very generous here, right? We know that he's being very generous because we understand this. If somebody sinned against you two or three times, what is the old saying that we know good and well? Play me once, shame on you. Play me twice, shame on me, right? Peter here is getting extra with it. He's like seven times. So a lot of times the disciples get a bad rap. But right here, Peter's like being very, very generous. Seven times. Jesus upends him and is like, no, 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 not seven times. Some verses say seven times seven or seven times 70, right? So Jesus elevates this, this, this place of forgiveness is a, a, a sort of perfection of forgiveness that Peter should get to. And Peter's like, what in the world you want me to do, huh? Then Jesus tells a parable. Jesus says, and you've heard this parable before. I'll probably do a little bit of uh, summarizing myself, but we can start reading verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So there is a king who's looking at his books. He's saying, some people owe me money. I need to make things right. There's one fella owes him 10,000 talents. Now, I had, a, I had a young man recently hear me share on this parable, and he says, Jonathan, do you know how much 10,000 talents would be in today's money? I said, no, 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 I don't. He goes, I'm going to find out and I'm going to tell you. I said, good, good, help me out. He came by the next day, and I don't, you have to fact check him, this is what he told me. He said, 10,000 talents would be the equivalent in today's dollars, something like $4 billion dollars. Right? It's more than a lifetime's worth of money. Right? I don't know how much money you're making, but it's definitely more than a lifetime's worth of money for me. All right? In Jesus' name. Right? <laughs> that, that ministry dollars, baby. And so this brother owes 10,000 talents, something to the equivalent of $4 billion. Right? At least this is what I've been told. Now, look how the story proceeds. This young man, this man... Uh, verse 24, when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000, verse 25, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife, his children, all that he had in payment to be made. Man, that's extra. This brother's going to be sold into slavery. Now, notice what the servant does. The servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. It's fascinating that this man does not ask to be forgiven for his debt, but he says, have patience with me. Now, what is the response of the master? Fascinating response. Oh, there goes my name tag. Fascinating response of the master. The master says, verse 27, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. I don't know if y'all ever had somebody owe you money, but forgiveness like that ain't easy. I had a brother once owe me $300. I was a poor, broke graduate student in college. I hounded that brother for $300. Right? And I hounded that brother in Jesus' name. It's only right that you pay me. In the righteousness of Jesus, pay what you owe, brother. Right? <laughs> I hounded that brother for 300. This brother here, he's all $4 billion. I got you. 
Now, this master who has just paid $4 billion, what happens to the, well, the 10,000 talents? What happens to the 10,000 talents? Does it magically appear back in his bank account? No. The 10,000 talents is what? It's absolutely gone. Watch this. First thing about this parable here, and we're going to get to the Sabbath. I promise I'll connect it. First thing about this, 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 this parable here is that the master is willing to absorb, absorb the offense. You with me? The master is willing to absorb it. And then he makes a second move. He releases this man into the world. So he sets him free in relationship to his debt. He sets him free in relationship to his offense. First, he absorbs it, and then he sets him free. He just lets him go so that the view he looks at him is no longer through the debt or through the offense. One might say that the view that he now takes of him is not one where he views him through scarcity. You with me? This man leaves, you know the story, finds a fellow servant who owes him 500 denarii. The same young man, when I was preaching, said, Jonathan, you know how much 500 denarii is? No, but you're going to find out for me. So yeah. Comes back the next day, tells me it's just a mere several thousand dollars. When you compare four billion to several thousand, it pales in comparison, yes? The story continues that this man sees a fella that owes him this mere amount of money, what does he do? Puts his hand around this brother's neck. Give me what you owe. How does the man that's receiving the choke, how does he respond? It's interesting that he responds in the very same way that our first fellow responded. Have patience with me and give me, give me time. Give me time. This brother does not actually practice what he's just received, yeah? He does not position this man according to the abundance that he's received from the, the master. He positions this man according to his scarcity. And you know what's so fascinating about this tale? Just as an aside, do you know that this man was well within his legal rights to do so? Think about that. When this, when this guy owed him 500 denarii, right? You and I, we hear this parable, we read it, and we're like, man, what kind of thankless fella is this, yeah? But do you know that he's well within his legal rights to actually require from this fella the money? Y- y'all tracking with me? As this is happening, got hands around him, give me what you owe. What happens? Some fellow servants from the master's uh, uh, house, right? some courtiers, some royal whatever they are, see this happen. Say, Isn't this this fella? And he's requiring 500 denarii. Wasn't he just forgiven 10,000 talents? Like, yeah, that's him. Can you believe what he's doing? Nah, I can't believe. Man, what a man. Thankless man. They run off to the king. They tell the king, yeah? And the king hears this. And the king's like, man, bring him back to me. And so they bring him back. I'm going to be reading from verse 31, Matthew 18, verse 31. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. You told me that you didn't have, you needed more time. 
and I forgave you. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. How's, how's about that for a strong word from the Lord? So my father will do to you if you don't forgive from your heart. My beloved, do you know what forgiveness is? In the Greek, I, I'm, I'll butcher it in the Greek, but the word aphemi or aphema in the Greek is literally a release. It's to release somebody from something. It's to absorb the offense and to release somebody. If I could visualize it, Pastor Mark, you put your hand up for me. If I got a hold of this brother, to forgive somebody is to actually let them go and release them. My beloved, do you know that this is at the heart of the Sabbath? That at the heart of the Sabbath is to bring a release to people so that they can participate in the abundance that you are now living from. This man in Matthew 18, he receives a release the offense is absorbed and he's liberated from the eyes of the master. And in, turn, and, and in turn, instead of bringing delight and rest and release, he's still very much positioned from a mindset of, mindset of scarcity that now wants the 500 denarii instead of offering what he himself has received. The Sabbath, as I understand it in scripture, is a participation in a release. It's in a participation in what God has absorbed for us. It's a participation in his abundance so that then we actually receive and manifest it out into the world. The problem with too often my people, and I don't know about, you know, is that we haven't seen at the heart of the Sabbath abundance and a release that we can actually find satisfaction in and absolute rest. Like I said, I've been Adventist a long time, but what I have not been for a long time is a Christian. I became a Christian in my heart in June of 2016. I had a lot of theology. I got an undergrad in theology. I got a master's in theology. I was halfway through um, a PhD in theology, but what I didn't have was the simple gospel, a simple gospel of delight, rest, abundance, because I didn't know what was actually available to me. And here's what I didn't know. I didn't know that the offense of my sin had been so unbelievably absorbed that my God actually set me free from sin so that I can live out in his righteousness. I didn't know this. Yeah. And so one day, and this is like my Sabbath, my true Sabbath experience. One day I'm sitting in my, uh, in my apartment, and I'm watching, I'm scrolling through Facebook, as people of my age are prone to do. Right? I'm, rolling, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I see a brother who sets his hands on a deaf man. There's a video I'm watching. Sets his hand on a deaf man, and he says, in the name of Jesus, deaf ears be open. What is he bringing to that man? A release, delight, abundance. He's literally manifesting the very heart of Sabbath in the name of Jesus, right? 
in this moment. Do you know what my little Seventh-day Adventist heart sees as I'm watching this video? I'm like, oh, this is the work of the devil. <laughs> you don't understand. The, 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 the people I, I, I'm a part of, sometimes we get a little s- sketchy with the work of the Holy Spirit. But that's, that's for another time to talk about it. So I'm, I'm literally watching this, and I'm seeing the release of God at work, and my heart is hard. Do you know why my heart is hard? Because I'm the man who doesn't know that he's received the release of 10,000 talents. And so I'm still looking at everything through scarcity. And I'm not actually delighting in the Sabbath work of God that's actually present before my eyes because I'm still requiring from others something because I don't know that I actually have. Y'all tracking? So then this brother prays for him, and as he prays for him, the brother who's been prayed for comes alive. Comes alive. I can, I can hear. I can hear. And he calls to his buddy across the room. He's like, say my name. Say my name. Say my name. Say, say it. And his buddy from across the room says his name. He's like, I can hear. Starts doing this in his ears. He's like, I can hear. And just celebrating, excited. Because the Lord has brought something into his life through his man's servant. Yeah? A release. Something now that he can delight in via abundance. Something he could rest in. The finished work. And my little hard heart that doesn't know what he's received, but carrying the name of Seventh-day Adventist, is positioning what I'm seeing through scarcity, because I don't know what I got. And so I follow up this brother who's just, you know, done the miracle. I'm like, let let me see who this guy is. (laughs) These newfangled ministers on the internet, charlatans. So I Google his name, YouTube him, brother pops up. And this brother's at a church, and he's preaching a sermon. And in the first 30 seconds, you know what this brother says? The first 30 seconds, he says, if you're not living through the Holy Spirit, you're never going to make it. If you're not alive in the Spirit, you're still about yourself. You know, something leapt within me, and I knew he was talking about me. And I sat there and I listened to this brother preach the simple gospel of abundance, the simple gospel of rest, the simple gospel of delight in the finished work of Jesus, and it changed my life. I woke up uh, two days later. I've listened to this guy six, seven hours. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the passages that he's reading. One of the things that really struck me that he said, he goes, you know what the problem with the prodigal son story is that we're always highlighting that this young man was prodigal, but we forget that the whole time he was always son. And I know that's me. I know he's talking about me because I don't find delight in God. I owe him something because I'm still a servant. I owe him something because I feel that that which I have owed has not actually been taken away from me. So I'm performing through theology. I'm using my degrees as a veneer and as something to actually throw him off the scent as though me and doing can actually bring the satisfaction that I've been looking for. Y'all tracking, yeah? And so I listen to this man preach this gospel and I wake up two days later and something comes alive in my brain that had never been there before. That had never been there before. Never, ever, ever been there before. 
I wake up, and you know what the first thing I thought, my beloved? The first thing, and I knew this was a foreign thought, but it was mine. I knew it come from somewhere outside of me, but it was on the inside bringing life. Here was, here was the thought. God loves you. And I'm sitting there in bed, and I hear, God loves me. I could have leapt through the ceiling. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so I wake up, and I'm just like, what in the world? And I remember I, that morning, I went and took a shower. Yeah? And I'm in the shower, and I'm washing what little hair I have. And my beloved, you know, I'll tell y'all like this. I used to be a man that was addicted to L-U-S-T. And I remember I'm in the shower, and I know from the inside, from the inside, from the inside, I've been made clean. I know this from the inside. I've been made clean, and I'm just like, what in the world? And I remember that this, it was this six years ago. It was six years ago that I finally began to understand Sabbath rest. Delighting in the abundance of what my father has done for me by delivering me from a debt that I could never deliver myself from. And then because I was actually now rooted in his abundance, free, free, free from what I used to owe, now free and empowered with his Holy Spirit. What he wanted for me was to now to bring delight into the world through the delight that I now was living in. So that the Sabbath is about a resting in the fullness of who we are in him, a resting in the fullness of his abundance, and then manifesting that fullness out into the world, not because we are positioned in scarcity, but because through him, we are now situated in abundance, free from the debt and full of what he's given us so that we can give it out into the world. Does that make sense? If you, if you take time, and I know that you will, maybe read, uh, you, you, you'd read Isaiah 58 that talks about the Sabbath. I know you guys will go through that passage, right? You know that in Isaiah 58, the whole heart of the Sabbath is to actually bring in a righteousness that is yours. That's what the Sabbath is about. To, like, you're so at rest in this righteousness that it exudes out of you and you bring it into the world. You read Isaiah 1, and this is the charge that God has against his people. He's like, y'all haven't actually brought this into the world. And I can't help but think that we don't bring it in because we're like the servant in Matthew 18 or we're like me. We don't know at times the abundance of what we got. So we're at times, and I speak for myself, we're positioned in scarcity instead of the abundance that Sabbath actually preaches. Can I draw your attention just a couple more places in Scripture? Is that okay? Sorry, I'm so accustomed to preaching till 12 at church. So I'm looking at the time. I'm like, man, I got 40 more minutes. Let's go hard. Let's do some Hebrew and Greek diagramming up here. The people are interested, right? Uh, <laughs> No, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Go to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. Chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, 
In Hebrews chapter 3, I'll be reading from verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. I, I, hope, I hope what I'm trying to lay down is plain here, that Sabbath is about a delight, and that delight is rooted in an abundance that we have in Jesus. And now I'm going to move to the portion where I challenge you in a call to action, right? If the Sabbath is about a delight and a delight in the abundance that we have, why? Because we've been liberated from the debt. We've been given something we can give to somebody else. If this is at the heart of Sabbath, here's, now this is the portion where I challenge you as a congregation, all right? And I'm going to do that first by reading, and then I'm going to challenge you. So I'm going to just tell you straight up what I'm going to do, all right? Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take care, my brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you might be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You know, the, you know, what's, at, you know what's at the heart of the deceitfulness of sin, my beloved? Scarcity. That's at the heart of the deceitfulness of sin. It tells you that you don't have. Think about the serpent at the tree. Oh, you'll be like God. She already was like God, made in his image. Temptations come to lure you away through a desire that's framed in a lie that you don't have something. You tracking with me? You guys, I don't know if you know that famous quotation that's attributed to G.K. Chesterton, the famous British uh, writer. It says, every man who's ever knocked on a brothel door is looking for God. Looking for something because you believe you don't have. And the Bible here is telling us, my beloved, do not, do not fall into this hardness of heart, the deceitfulness of sin. Believing that you don't have what you actually do. Watch, watch, watch. 14, Hebrews 3, verse 14. For we have come to share in Christ if we hold our original confidence firm to him as it is said Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. You know that the children of Israel, they heard his voice, but they had hard hearts, unbelieving hearts. You know the story, right? You know that these children get liberated from Pharaoh, and while in the wilderness, they're like, oh, we want to go back to Pharaoh. We used to have food back there. And God's like, but I freed you. No, 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 we want to go back. But y'all were slaves. It was terrible back there. Yeah, but we had onions and leeks. We had soup. Yeah, but you also had bricks. Well, you know, you got to pay the cost. It's like, like, why would you do that? And God's like, don't harden your heart. Don't, don't position yourself back in scarcity now that you're rooted in abundance. Like, rest in the abundance and actually live from the abundance. This is what it means to actually rest and bring Sabbath into the world. And once you're actually resting in the abundance and you delight in the abundance, you can't help but bring it to others. Yeah? Watch, 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 watch. I read this all in the book. Verse 16. For we who were those, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient. What were they disobedient to? The abundance that God had provided for them. So we see that they were unable to enter because of 
Unbelief, scarcity, hardness of heart. We don't have. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news has come to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter the rest as he has said. I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Here it is, verse 4. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again, he appoints a certain day today, saying through David, so long afterward, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Here's the challenge. The Sabbath is about delight in the finished work. The Sabbath is about delight because your 10,000 talent debt has been paid. The Sabbath is about so delighting in that rest that you found in him that you actually bring it into the world because you've heard the word of freedom and you believed it and you found rest. The challenge of the Sabbath, and I'll say this as a Seventh-day Adventist unapologetically, the the challenge about the Sabbath is that it requires a resource that is the most precious resource, time. And if in our relationship to that resource, we see it through scarcity, we don't rest. Because then our time is ours, and our time is used for our endeavors, and our time is used for us to bring things into the world and to do and to produce, and I got to go to work, and I got the kids, and I got this, and I got that. And the moment that we don't actually even give him time, is he really our abundant resource? Because our most precious resource, time, we don't even return back to him honoring the fact that he's actually liberated us and that we can rest in all that which he has done. And so then Sabbath becomes just a metaphorical idea. Hey, hey, the finished work. But what about the most precious resource of time to actually rest in the finished work? What about the time to actually think about the 10,000 talent that has been, 10,000 talent debt that has been absorbed? What about the time to actually bring in righteousness into the world? What about the yielding of that resource? Because we're so positioned in abundance, we know that to yield to him the resource of time is actually to be seated in the abundance of his rest that brings life. Does that make sense? It's so funny, if this was an Adventist church, they'd be really excited about the time bit, but the finished work bit, they'd be like, "Mm, explain that to us. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble because this is (laughs) recorded. Here's the challenge, y'all. 
Have you been freed from the 10,000 talent debt? Yes? In Jesus' name, amen, yeah? We are no longer who we used to be in Jesus' name, yeah? So since you've actually received this, this liberty from the 10,000 talent debt, now practice it back. Don't be the person who requires 500 from the other. Practice it back. And you want to know the first place you practice it back? You need, sorry, I'm going to be, rather, I'm, I'm like this with my congregation. You need to set aside some time to sit in it, rest in it, and delight in it. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying you have to be like me and my group that you got to be here Saturday morning. No, 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 no. Because the challenge in Hebrews is today, right? Whatever day that is. I would challenge you that there's a place in your life that is real hustle and bustle. There's a place in your life that doesn't have a lot of delight. Why? Because scarcity and the resource of time. And the challenge is sit in the delight of the finished work in a portion of time. Is there a space where you could take 10, 15 minutes in the morning and just rest and delight in the finished work? There's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of requirements. There's a lot of, I owe this money, I know that. Can we delight? And I want to challenge you that this is a place that we actually need to obey the word of the Lord and find Sabbath rest, resting in the finished work. It tells us that today, if we hear his voice, that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, that there's a place to delight. There's a place to actually receive and manifest it out. And I want to give you just a small sort of example in the way that now I have found a rest in Christ. I, I used to think that the rest was, oh, well, you know, every seven days I do this thing on the Sabbath day, on Saturday, and we come to church, no, no, no. Ever since my life changed by actually receiving the finished work of Christ, I found a new place to rest and a new kernel for Sabbath truth and delight, and it's this. I actually rest in the word that the Lord has spoken over my life, and I delight in it. And one of the ways I delight in it is to actually set time aside to receive, to receive the fullness thereof. I want to give you a quick example. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, if you don't mind putting that up. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And you'll forgive me. I close my eyes because I don't want to look at anybody in particular. I just want to speak from my heart and let you know that there is a place to actually delight, to rest from the fullness therein, let it so inform our lives that then it manifests out into the world. And we need to actually leverage and, and, and use the resource of time to actually let the fullness of this delight wash over us. And so I want to challenge you in this. Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And now I know that since my rest is in the fullness of what he's done, that I don't owe that 10,000 talent debt, I can actually receive this for my life. And that there is a place for me to enter Sabbath rest and just let this be the delight of my life because he delights in me. So it looks like this. It looks like this. On, 
In the days we're entering to the Sabbath rest, it looks like this. Father, I so thank you that every single blessing is mine in the heavenly places. Father, I used to owe 10,000 talents and way more. But now you've liberated me. You've absorbed. You've set me free. You've set me on a rock. So, Father, right now, as I read these words, I allow myself to delight in them. I just lean back into them. And I thank you that every single blessing is mine. I don't know what it is to be so rooted in this abundance, but I know that I am. So, Father, I give you these minutes, these resources, this precious time to just actually sit here and be thankful that every single blessing in the heavenly places is mine. All glory be to God that you would position me this way. Father, I now offer myself as a son to you, no longer a slave, but as someone who has found rest and delight in you. Father, and I just so pray that you empower me from the inside to actually manifest this truth into my life. May I not frame the world through scarcity, but may I frame it through abundance, knowing that my delight is in you because in you I have found rest. And that every single blessing in the heavenly places established over me, spoken over me, is the place where I sit and rest in your abundance so I live and move in your provision. I receive this, Father, because you have finished the work. I receive this, Father, because today my heart will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of scarcity. I receive this, Father, because you have established today as a day of delight for me to actually know that all the abundance of heaven is mine. And I thank you that you have made such provision for me, that you made Sabbath for man and not man for the Sabbath so that I could rest. I believe this and I receive this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And so we live and we move this way because we're positioned in abundance, because we delight in what he's brought into this world. And from the delight, we actually extend to others so that they too are included. Is that all right? And so, yeah, that's, yeah, give God a, give God a hand for that. So I just pray as, as I finish, I just pray that, uh, you might see that in Sabbath, there is a rest and there is a delight in his abundance and that that rest, that delight and that abundance is for the people of God, not just for Seventh-day Adventists. And it belongs to all of us in Jesus name. Amen. God be praised. Sorry, we're going to keep them up here real quick. Did anybody receive anything from that word right there? Amen. <laughs> um, I'm just sitting here thinking and praying just as he was sharing that. What, I, I don't know if you noticed this. He literally, for, even for me, like the revelation as you were preaching that was for so many, for so long, you, I just feel like Sabbath is an extension of the gospel. It's, it's, a, it's a causal effect of the gospel, and you real, really brought it to the heartbeat of what the gospel is. And so that, I just thank you for that, for feeding us that way. And um, when just kind of connecting the dots for me, I felt like we should pray uh, for Jonathan and, and Timothy, Tim, Timothy, Timothy, uh, Tiffany, um, because Timoteo, as we were talking about that too, to me, these things are connected. Um, your na- new name is now Timothy. Um, Timoteo, we see that God's work and provision in Hawaii, and we know God is moving in Hawaii right now. Um, and I just, it, for me, it was such an easy con- connection to make that God is bringing people who are helping him set captives free. 
because um, that's the work of Jesus. He's helping to set the captives free. And so um, we want to just pray over him, bless his ministry, bless their church. Love Reality is a bigger ministry that he's a part of. But even here at the SDA Church, um, we just want to ask if you would extend a hand and we can just send him off in aloha from our church, Ohana, as he goes. And him and Tiff both just kind of, um, man, just bring this gospel truth everywhere they go. Jesus, we thank you for that word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in Jonathan. We thank you for the revival in his spirit, Lord, that happened, that you came and entered him in a new way so that he can share the abundance that you have given him with us. And so, God, may we this morning not leave here asking for others, um, for the debts that are owed to us. May we live fully in the abundance and rest in that. So, Jesus, I pray that the word that's been spoken here this morning would sink deeply into us, that we would find the time to love you, to rest in you, to find delight in you as our Savior. And God, we just pray for Jonathan, Tiff. We pray for um, their whole crew and, Lord, what they are doing, preaching this gospel that changes lives, that sets captives free, that helps us to walk in the abundance by which you have called us. God, we pray for open doors for him to preach more. God, we pray for open doors for um, them to just touch people's lives, to call people into salvation, uh, to baptize people, both with water and with the Holy Spirit. And God, that your kingdom come, your will be done in Kailua more so uh, because the Leonardos are here ministering your gospel. Thank you for the, the fellowship between us as churches. God, may all churches here that are meeting today on Saturdays as well uh, just come and unite as the body of Christ. Father, that so, mo so many people can live in this gospel truth, this good gospel that we have been set free from sin and now we live in the grace of our Heavenly Father. So Jesus, may that be the... the the going of our heart today. Uh, Father, to live in your grace, to live in your rest, to live in your mercy, and Father, to share that with others. We thank you, Lord, for all these things. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. All right, you guys, go. We have food in the back, and make sure as you go today to give aloha to Jonathan and Tiffany before they leave. Come introduce yourself. Share your, your heart with them, and we will see you guys for some food. Aloha, church family. Thank you so much for joining with us in worship this morning. We truly hope that you were refreshed and, and strengthened in your faith during these crazy pandemic days. We want, invite you to look at all of our messages. They're available on our YouTube channel. We'd also invite you to download our church app. It's just a great way for us to keep in touch, to communicate, also for you to receive materials. So uh, take advantage of downloading that church app. We would invite you to partner with us as we continue serving God faithfully during these days. And you can give online, you can give on our website, uh, or mail a check into our street address. We really appreciate your support with that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord grant you peace. We love you. Aloha.